could feel a little bit off, but nothing major, just a bit of a tummy bug maybe. Um, but when we got back on the morning of the first day back to school, which is very convenient for me, um, I started to feel a bit worse. So I convinced mum that I couldn't go to school, I needed to go to the doctors. So she booked an appointment for me. Um, and when we went, we spoke to the doctors. Um, oh, no, sorry. Before that, before we went into the doctors, this is important. Um, when we got there, mum noticed that my shoelaces were untied. So um, she said, neaten up. Don't want to go looking go in there looking like a scruff. So I tied my shoelaces, um, sat down on the curb. But then I went to stand back up again, and my legs wouldn't work. Um, but when I told mum, bless her, she didn't believe me. She'd had a very stressful morning getting the four kids out the door on the first day back to school, and she was not in the mood to be joked around with. <laughs> so I pulled myself up using the car next to me, and we went into the doctors, had our meeting, and the doctor referred us on to A&E in Frimley, um, where we sat and waited on a busy Monday morning. And after a while, we were seen by a wonderful, wonderful doctor. Um, he, he had a very thick Jamaican accent, um, and he had just graduated from university. As we explained to him what was going on, my symptoms, um, my difficulty to stand that morning, my funny walk on holiday, um, we could see the cogs were whirring in his brain and he was linking things up and uh, recognition of the symptoms that we had just described as Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a rare virus that he had just written his dissertation on. So the way Guillain-Barre works is it starts in your extremities, in your, in your fingers, your hands, your feet, and it works its way in. It attacks um, it attacks your immune system, starts to attack your nerves, meaning that the signals aren't sent properly to your brain so that your body can't move properly, um, resulting in weakness and numbness and paralysis. Uh, the virus can progress to your major organs as well, um, which means that the patient would need ventilators and all sorts of clever medical equipment to keep you alive. Um, so as, as I'm sure you can appreciate, it's a very serious illness. And um, it's important to emphasize that God led us to this man. It wasn't a coincidence that he had just studied his dissertation on it. God had led us to him. Um, it, he was able to identify it straight away. He knew exactly what to do because he had just spent months studying it. He arranged for us to stay in the hospital overnight and for more tests to be done for me to be monitored. Um, and yeah, of all the doctors we could have seen on that busy day, God put us in front of this man. Um, and so, fast forward to that evening. Me and mum are on the, on the ward. Still not really sure what's going on. Still very frightened, because um, I was expecting to be back at school at 12 o'clock. Um, so I was lying in bed, mum was on a little camp bed beside me, and both of us were unable to sleep. And so we decided to pray. So we prayed, and then we thought, let's put on some music. And so mum had one of those little iPod shuffles, you know, the one that doesn't have a screen, so you can't see what song's coming up next, and you just, it's sort of a bit of a lucky dip. So we switched that on, pressed play, and the first song that came on 
was a song called Fear Not, O Little Flock by Godfrey Bertel. And this song is about keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus in the face of doubt and in the face of fear and adversity because God will overcome. And that was a very timely reminder for us. So we did. We fixed our eyes on Jesus and we prayed and we spoke to the church. Mum sent a text round and they, they were praying. And uh, I, yeah, so I, I started to go downhill very quickly. Within four days, I'd hit rock bottom. Uh, I couldn't move from the neck down. I couldn't hold food down to this day. I can't eat tomato soup or even smell it without feeling a bit funny. Uh, uh, yeah, the Gillian Barry was in full flow, taking over my body. I dropped from around seven stone to about five stone in a week because the virus was eating away at my muscles. And for unknown medical reasons though, the virus ignored my organs and went straight to my face. So half my face became paralyzed, half was working. Um, but now that I look back, I'm able to see that again there, I was in God's hands. He was protecting my organs. He was looking after me so that I didn't have to go on a ventilator and I didn't have to go on this life-saving equipment because he was taking care of me. That Sunday, Dad was with me in the hospital because Mum and Dad were taking it in turns to be with me. So Dad would be with me overnight, then go to work. Mum would be with me in the day, then go home and look after the others. Um, so Dad was with me in the hospital on the Sunday morning, and Mum was at church with the others. And a lady came over to Mum without knowing the extent of my situation, what, what was going on with me. I was, I'd plateaued it as bad as, I, as bad as I could get, really. Um, and she said, Lorna, I don't know what this means, but God's given me a picture of Noah sitting up in his hospital bed with the biggest smile on his face, cheek to cheek. And once again, God had spoken to us. Another reminder that he was working through our situation. He was, walking, he was walking it with us, and he had not left us. It was an encouragement to keep trusting him, keep praying. And within a couple of days, I was lent up in my hospital bed with a big fat smile on my face and with three pieces of Kentucky Fried Chicken in my belly. Over the next few weeks, I started my recovery with little walks every evening with Dad to the door one day, to the next door another day, down the hall. The church continued to pray. They would come in, they would come and see me, pray with me, look after me while Mum and Dad had meetings with the doctors. They brought me little gifts to keep me, uh, keep me happy, keep me cheerful. And then a week later, I was allowed to go home in my wheelchair. So I was in a wheelchair for about two weeks after hospital. Then I was on crutches for another two weeks. Um, and I was having regular, regular rehab sessions and sort of training, trying to get some muscle back in my body. Um, yeah, after a month, after a month of these sessions, of the sort of the wheelchair, the crutches, um, I went for a meeting with my doctor um, who'd been looking after me. And 
I was able to walk my wheelchair back onto the ward that I was on. And we saw one of the nurses who was looking after me and she burst into tears and she said, this is a miracle, this should not be. And we were able to share with her that we had been praying and it was in fact a miracle. This was God's doing. There are a number of areas where we were told during my rehab and um, while I was ill, we were told that recovery and improvement would be really slow. Um, if, if I'd recover in that area at all. One of which was my fine motor skills. So using my, my hands to do delicate work. God, however, has other ideas. I, uh, I was um, struck by something that Mark said a few months ago when he spoke. Um, he said that when God heals us, he doesn't just put us back to how we were before. He makes us better. He brings beauty from where we were broken, like the Japanese art of Kintsugi, where they fix pots with golden glue. So it's not trying to hide the cracks and the brokenness. It's making a feature of it. It's bringing the beauty out of that. And I would say that I am now fully healed. Yeah. But also, I believe God healed me and put me back together with gold-laced glue. One example of this is now I spend my life making fine furniture working to a tenth of a millimeter, using my fine motor skills every day. I have no issues with it. That's God. So, I want to encourage you, um, if you've had any testimonies recently, if you've got anything you want to share, come and share it now, and then we're going to get into groups, and we're going to pray for each other. We're going to pray that we would see God move more. We would pray for healing. Um, we're going to pray for provision. But yeah, if anybody else has something they want to share, um, please come, come now. Just before you start, before you start preaching, I had a picture of you like with the armor of um, Ephesians 6, what it's yeah. called, armor of salvation, that metal. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the picture I had of you before you start sharing your testimony. So, God bless you. Thanks, Noah. I've never heard that testimony before, so that was amazing, really good. Um, so I think it's New Job Sunday. Um, uh, Joe was sharing about his new job earlier, and uh, I also have a new job after some four months of waiting. Uh, I think interviews come like buses. Um, and in the last week I've had four and in the end I had a couple of jobs to choose from even <laughs> although one kind of fizzles out and, and it's just been amazing how God has actually provided um, when I've spent months waiting really and praying and asking God to do something and somehow suddenly everything just came on like a light really um, so I have got, I think, a great new job, um, which I'm really looking forward to starting on the 2nd of May. Um, 
there's a whole lot I could share because it's been a really interesting, deep journey with God, um, which I probably won't do now because I haven't had a chance to really think it through and it would just come out like a big old ramble. But just to say that um, I think uh, God has done some amazing things in that time and with that space that I got and after the kind of trauma of my last job, which ended up being a nightmare, um, it's really caused me to dig deep into him and into his presence. And I think he's fundamentally adjusted some things that he wanted to adjust. And the only way that he could probably do that would be to get me out of work and get me into a situation where I had time and space to spend with him, really, I suppose. Um, one of the books that I read along that journey, I've read a lot of books, actually, um, which has been one of the benefits, uh, having time to actually read. Uh, I've read two books, basically, about emotional health as Christians, um, both looking at that from different angles. And um, I think the two of them really have emphasized the need to give God space. And I think if I've learned one thing, I mean, I've learned a lot more than one thing, but if I've learned one thing, then that would be it really, is that it's actually really important to deliberately give God space to move. Um, and I've been looking very closely at things like Sabbath and, and kind of what that looks like in a, in a kind of contemporary Christian context. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to ramble on because I will do if I'm yeah if I'm allowed to, <laughs> but that basically thank the Lord I've got a job. <laughs> Brilliant, thanks Ash. Thanks, um, I don't know if uh, some of you remember Corinne Frost, who used to be um, a cellist here, which well, was part of us at one time. Um, uh, I heard that this world-renowned cellist was um, uh, available to come to toddlers. <laughs> now, I have to say, when I first heard that, I thought, cellist, toddlers, it doesn't so sort of marry together, does it really? Um, but I invited her, and she came on Tuesday. And, um, well, it was quite interesting, because we'd been emailing, and I said, well, um, let's just play it by ear a little bit, which is a good thing to say, isn't it, to a musician, <laughs> play it by ear. Um, and I said, um, is it possible maybe that we'll be able to, you'll be able to play prophetically over some of our mums? I thought, I don't know how I'm going to explain that to our mums, but she said, well, let's play it by ear. I thought, right, that's good. <laughs> let's do that. So she came, and she was amazing, and she played some awesome um, TV tunes that the children knew, and she played alongside some of our toddlers singing their songs, Twinkle, Twinkle. And then she said, um, would you like me to play a sound poem picture? And I thought, well, see what they say. And they said, oh, yes. Yeah. So she played over the entire group a sound picture, which was amazing. And then she said, would, you, would anybody here like me to do it individually? And hands were going up. I thought, this is incredible. Um, uh, and they got played for, and um, you could see the tears coming. I thought, wow. And then there was one lady, a grandma, who's been having a bit of a tough time. And I went to her, and I said, why don't you come and sit with Corinne? and um, allow her to play over you, 
because you need some healing in your family, don't you? She said, yes, yes. So she came and she sat and she explained a little bit of her circumstances and Corinne played and um, within minutes I was having to get boxes of tissues and sort of put them by her and I could see that God was ministering to her and um, it was lovely to see it. And she, she, I don't know what she thinks about God or where she is in, in, in that sort of, um, you know, how she is with that, but... Um, one or two of the mums came, and it was lovely to see that. And one of the two of the team came, and I thought, well, I don't mind being blessed as well. So I sat down, and um, and before I knew it, I couldn't believe it, but I said, look, I'm just so empty. And that's just how I felt at that moment. I was empty physically, emotionally. It's been a tough 12 months with losing mum and all that, that came with that, with a house and, and family issues and all sorts of things. I'm glad to say that we've completed on the house sale now, so that's really good. And I sat there and we just chatted and then she played over me and all of these were, were taped, not taped, but you know, on your phone, taped on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm... And um, it, was, it was precious and in those five minutes I just knew healing. I knew healing in that moment. And I thought, I'm feeling differently and I'm moving on differently. But God has done something in quite a few of us in that time. I don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday when they all come back, what they will say. Um, but thank you. Thank you. Um, going back to what Ashley was sharing, he missed out the best part, which is that him and Sonia get to commute to work together as well. So isn't that beautiful? They can hold hands and go to work together in the morning. <laughs> then after work, they hold hands and go back home again. <laughs> Make sure you guys enjoy it. Um, so this week on Tuesday was my brother's birthday. Um, a few of us called him on the day. We hadn't heard from him. I put in the, in the family WhatsApp group chat. I'm a bit extra, so sometimes I put happy birthday, but in individual letters. So you just see H-A-P-P-Y space. So anyway, we, we, the whole day went through. We didn't hear from him. Um, the next day, um, he put a message in the group saying he's been in A&E the whole day and the day before. Um, he was blacking out the night before. Um, his tonsils must have just kicked off and like his wife must have been worried. Like, but either, long story short, by God's grace, he, he's, he's alive. Um, he's, been, he's able to actually, yeah, he's recovering slowly now, but he's able to look forward to a new year. And we, we thank God for preserving his life. And we believe that. God will use that to help him to grow more in God. And so I just want to thank God for, for the week, not starting great, but ending great for us as a family. So, yeah, I just want to give God thanks for that. And then I also want to encourage everyone who's shared this morning that by, by speaking out, Noah included, by speaking out God's goodness in your life, no matter how big or small, you've given God another chance to do something new. So let's all keep expecting for God to do things in our lives. These testimonies are encouraging, uh, encouraging um, especially if you're waiting, waiting on God, if you're expectant of healing or of provision or guidance. Um, and I understand that that time of waiting can be really difficult and really hard. Um, but let's, let's join together and pray together now. If you want to get into, into groups, let's pray together. Let's pray for each other. Pray for Josh's brother. Pray for everything that's been mentioned this morning. Thank God for who he is and what he's doing. 
and lift each other up in prayer. Um, and let's, let's see God move.